Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to episode 84, just another Knicks fan, hosted by your host, Jack F. Episode 84, yo. Um, crazy shit. Um, it's a book called 1984. Lit-ass book, sort of predicts the future. Uh, my parents got married in 1984. Um, some wild shit was going on in my country in 1984. Uh, but this is episode 84, just another Knicks fan. And we back, baby. Like I said, I will be. And it's a lot to talk about. And I'm going to just start off with, uh, you know, I forgot to talk about that Maria Taylor firestorm with Rachel Nichols, yo. And honestly, that shit was, uh, was tough to call. Tough to call. Um, I just found it interesting that the fact that uh, Maria Taylor was was demanding Stephen A. Smith money, and I feel like, yo, Stephen A. Smith, whether you like him or not, he's a driving force on ESPN, and I don't think she was, like, a driving force on ESPN, one, to, with all due respect, no one was checking to see her opinion, what her thoughts are on certain shit, you know, all due respect, uh, she, she do look good, nah, I ain't gonna lie, she look good, but at the same time, uh, the more... I heard her talk, and then I just feel like it, it was weird. I felt like she was sort of mixed up in ESPN because if that shit was recorded last year, that means you had it for a year, and now you do for a contract extension. That's just reading between the lines. Like, that's that's some shady shit. And honestly, um, it could be a race factor involved. It could not be. But I see a lot of uh, shady sh- shit from her, and honestly, um, uh, Rachel Nichols, whether whether you you know like her or not, like I said, I'm not a big fan of hers. Uh, she she does some you know spiteful shit, like you know mention D Rose's rape case when it was still on trial and after he had a 50 point game, similar situation with Kobe. Uh, I mentioned when she tried to stir up that Steve Kerr game, punch in the face by Jordan, like she really tried to drive that point home. So I'm not saying like Rachel Nichols is like some elite announcer, host, what have you, but I guess she she was a staple, and I, I didn't see anything that Maria Taylor did to really, like, jump on her spot and take her spot or whatever, and if Rachel Nichols, if it was in her contract to do the finals, uh, I guess uh, she'd want to do it, so that's in her contract, but like I said, you know, Maria Taylor, like, she, she already lost points in my book earlier last year when um, she, she forgot to put Anthony Davis on the All-NBA teams. You know, she started talking about was uh, how hard she worked for shit. Like, what that got to do with you forgetting to put AD on the team? So I already knew she showed him a little funny style. Uh, people don't see that angle. And also, people also didn't look at the angle of she's demanding Stephen A. Smith money when she ain't put in Stephen A. Smith work when, when she's not really... The driving force at ESPN. I mean, I'm not mad at her for trying to leverage her guap like that. You know, trying to get five, eight million, whatever she gained. But to say, that's like, I don't know, it's like RJ Barrett. That's like fucking Julius Randle demanding LeBron James money. Money he ain't done half for things like LeBron. And it's got nothing to do with Julius Randle. I'm just using an example. It's probably a horrible example. But that's like someone that hasn't put in the work, that doesn't have the longevity, doesn't provide that stability you're looking for that's one that's provided so it's like Kyle Kuzma demanding LeBron James money it's like 
Antonio Daniels demanding LeBron James money. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying Stephen A. Smith is no LeBron James, but you get the point. Y'all get the point. So when she started demanding Stephen A. Smith money and she ain't put in that work, that, I, that's a sense of entitlement, if you ask me. But I, th- I think her and ESPN parted ways. And it is what it is. I mean, oh shit, if she's on NBA, NBC, she's probably going to be doing the Olympics, yo. And that's what's up to be doing the Olympics. My only drawback is with the Olympics right now. What the fuck is the USA doing, bro? I just talk mad shit about how motherfuckers going to have shit on lock, how, how they going to tear shit up. And they fucking, you know, basically let France go on a 14-0 run to close out the game. God damn, bro. It's like, damn, son. KD, Dame Lillard. Let's go with y'all, bro. I'm losing to Frank Nidalekina, bro. And that's, he's on my team, man. He's on the Knicks, bro. I figured Frank Nidalekina, he'll get more playing time on France. Apparently, that's not the case either. And, you know, he's... You can say what you want about him offensively or as an overall player, but everyone knows that he could play fucking defense. He played defense, y'all. Yo, he played defense, and, and I guess they ain't even need that. They ain't even need that. You got Fournier talking his shit, which, with all due respect, you could do that after you win and and being the leading scorer of the game. You could do shit like that. You could talk your shit after that. It's just crazy. They had a seven-point lead, four minutes left, man. Basically, a 16-2 run, but 14-0 run was the real seal-the-deal type of shit, you feel me? And shit crazy. Shit crazy. Um, like The play I ran, I'm not even going to say like they should ran away with that one, but we, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Brett Popovich, you know, this is going to be a stain on his legacy. This is almost like the same stain that's going to be on Phil Jackson's legacy about, you know, being on the Knicks, the Knicks GM. You know, might this might bring a similar stain to Phil to Greg Popovich, but it might just be a worse look, honestly, because you got all these talented players, uh, twenty five game winning streak, you everything, uh, the best players in the world, and you're losing. You know, six and three, it's not really a bad record percentage wise, but you know the expectations out here, bruh, basketball wise. So for him to uh, consistently, you know, not say consistently, but to, to have these you know losses. It's not a good look. It's not a good look. And well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. There's not a lot of basketball left to be played, but I mean, this ain't going to be no cakewalk. Obviously, got Spain, got Argentina, got Luka, you know, Slovakia. Mad, mad, mad shit out here. Yo, mad ballers out here, bro. So it's going to be interesting. So we're going to see what really, you know, unfolds. It's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, just sort of like this unknown factor, this unpredictability. See, I like it in terms of entertainment, but I don't like it when it's in terms of my life. That shit is frustrating. Like when when you living like that, son, it it bees like that. You know, it, it bees like that. What you gonna do? Uh, you know, we all searching for a peace of mind, and I just think. Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard got to get their shit together. But the benefit of the situation would be if. Somehow, the USA team plays so bad, you know, it really drives down Damian Lillard's uh, stock. So we don't have to. So Knicks go come into the play, and they don't have to give as much as up as give up as much as 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 we thought we initially would. Maybe just giving away Alfred Payton, 
and, and a couple of first round draft picks and, and maybe like uh, a starter Mitchell Rob or maybe Obi Top two or whatever. Nothing too crazy where we bring it down the house, you feel me? So that could be uh, one of the positives if the USA keeps playing bad and Damian Lillard's struggling. Nah, I'm cool with that. You know, bring that trade value down so, so, so you know, the Knicks could you know, pull something off, something, something nice. And that's not the case. That's uh, cool, too. And another thing, you know what I realized, bruh? I was watching Space Jam, and I remember when LeBron, supposedly, they couldn't find him in the movie, and he got kidnapped, and like dude, his wife didn't know where he was at. His agent didn't know where he was at. And, and they threw another jab at the Knicks, man. I know it's just a joke. Like, it's funny. I'm like, ha, 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 ha. Y'all did that to us. But I just remember, like, well, come on, bro. We be chilling. They had to take another dig at us. I ain't really had to do that. But I was just like, God, even on the day off, you know, off season, they, they try to give us L's, whoever they is. But, um, like I said, they did make this movie, like, probably last year. So, they expect the Knicks to be the fourth seed. So, I mean, it was funny, but it's not as funny as it could have been had the Knicks been, like, you know, 21 and 51 or some shit, but we had a good record this year. So, we sort of look at them like, are you sure, bro? You, you sure we kidnapped you, bro? If they said we kidnapped Damian Lillard, it would have been like right, more believable. And, like I said, man, we stayed catching strays for no reason, bro. Like, we ain't even do nothing to LeBron, bro. But it's cool. It is what it is. Like, that movie's fucking... Only made like ten million dollars this week, so I should made like about forty, fifty million dollars, bro. That shit got me stressed. Like that movie's in the red, od. But you know, maybe after taking that jab at the Knicks, that unnecessary jab, I ain't really too mad at it. You feel me? But let's see what happens with that movie. Uh, you know, the jury's out. I don't think we'll ever get an honest, honest answer on which Space Jam was better because you know we have. Michael Jordan fans and LeBron fans, and it's very tough to get an objective opinion on this movie in terms of which one was better. But I personally think the original Space Jam was better, but that's maybe because I was a kid and my thought process of certain shit. But I don't know. I just think the first one was better. I watched both. I watched the second one with not trying to judge the according to the first one. And I thought the first one was better. But doesn't mean uh, this one's whack. But maybe, hopefully, it performs better. And, you know, we see we see, we see where it goes from there. But in terms of the Knicks, you know, I'm hoping this offseason, all those dribbles that Mitchell Robinson was showing us that he's capable of doing, I'm hoping we just see him healthy and him, I guess, you know, Mid-range jump. I know he's probably shooting threes. He's working on his threes. But I'd rather just him master the mid-range jumper. Cause that will do wonders for his game. But if he's working on the three, he's switching them threes. Yo, I'm cool with that, too. I just miss his defensive presence. And the way he, like I said, he used to block threes and own the paint, bro. Like, he, like, motherfuckers have to be aware of who was in the paint. And so, Noel did a great job, too. I just felt like. Mitchell Rob's ability to catch lobs, he had good hands in the air. Or not necessarily like catching the, the rock in traffic, but he'll catch a motherfucking lob and, and fucking dunk that shit. And that's one thing, one element we was missing from Nerlens Noel's. And 
No, he, Noel's might be a goner, yo. Man. So we got Mitch Rob. We're going to have to hold on to Mitch Rob. Hopefully he stays healthy. He had two freak, in, two freak injuries last year. So hopefully that's enough of that freaky shit. You know what I'm saying? Freaky injuries, I mean. And, and he can get money. And he can show us his improvement from the free throw line, which I'm looking forward to seeing because he actually uh, regressed a little bit. And also, like I said, a, little, a post move or two. Like this year is the year he should average about 17 points and 10 rebounds. Like I expect a 17 and 10 from Mitchell Robinson. I don't care about uh, Julius Randle. Uh, I don't care if Julius Randle shoots every shot. I expect Mitchell Robinson to have 17 and 10. Same thing with RJ Barrett. I don't care if RJ Barrett is taking uh, 80% of the shots. I expect RJ Barrett to have average about 20, over 20 points a game this year as well. But I still expect Mitchell Robinson to average 17 and 10. And yeah, and you know, improve his free throws a little bit, so he's a bit more dependable in that department. And I think we will see a lot of progression. Obviously, we have the point guard position to be desired, but we got D Rose coming off the bench as of now, and that's a solid backup. And we're gonna see what we do in the draft, but we're gonna see if we're gonna get Damian Lillard. Shit gonna be interesting, man. Shit gonna be interesting. Free agency starts August second. The draft is fucking two or three days away. And that shit's crazy because, like I said, every NBA draft, I just be like, God damn, bro. If I just, you know, just came out the womb playing basketball, like came out the womb not waiting until I was six or seven, I might have had a chance if I knew. But at the same time, you just got to, you know, embrace getting older and watching these motherfuckers ball out. But also figure out how I want to ball out in life. That's the constant, constant, constant plan. The constant thought process, bruh. But, you know, we're going to get there. Because, you know, draft day is not only once a year, bruh. It's every day. A day. A day. You know the, you know the, what is this shit called? YOLO? You know the model we don't want to play? You already? That was a tough song when it came out. YOLO. Everybody was, you know, trying to be spontaneous and live life on the edge because they don't really play. And I forgot the rest of that hook, but that song was pretty funny and pretty engaging at the same time, because you already know though, because you know the motto, yellow. And they about it a day, a day. So basically, you know, when you're not in the NBA, you don't know when you're gonna get drafted, bro. So you gotta stay at it every single day. And when it comes, to, like I said, this off season starting a bit late, obviously, because everything was pushed back. So it's just, it's just bringing more confusion, more uh, anticipation. Because the season's still going to start in October. So everything's like about to get crunched up again real quick. So it's going to be interesting. I just hope you know the Knicks keep making the right moves. And the players on the team that we have, they continue to progress in the right way. And skirt.